was a weird clap that i did no yeah <laughs> like my clap felt so off <laughs> i think because your hands were like kind of displaced but yeah. it's okay it'd be like that but uh hey welcome to the show this week i am microsoft buying bethesda and kicking sony in the dick oof yeah i wonder if we're gonna get some good like games are they gonna stay the same is microsoft gonna change all the games i think, like it? I think that what's gonna happen is the games are gonna come out like a lot faster than they normally do because you know bethesda True. like they take their time yeah but now they have like more money they can hire more people yeah they could push it out faster and we're probably gonna get like do you play elder scrolls i fucking do play elder scroll and Fallout. i think i think we're gonna get a lot more like of those side solo games, like how like Fallout New Vegas happened. Yeah. We'll get like a lot more of those things where it's gonna be like little kind of jump balls here and there. As long as the content is like good and like yeah. consistent, I'm cool with that. But if they like start to turn to shit, like I'm going to be mad. Yeah, no, I think I think I think they're gonna be good with Bethesda. I've seen people like complaining about it. It's like stop bitch it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll stay the same, but whatever. Um I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yelling at Battle because he says um a lot. <laughs> I yeah, I do, and I'm trying not to. But today I'm not Battle. I am a pair of sitter- scissors cutting people. Okay. Yeah. I just saw a pair of scissors on my desk. I cut the side of my finger on accident. So, so you so you're a sentient pair of scissors cutting people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right and this is bros of murder <laughs> where we give you true crime cases of color and music you music from artists probably, that you probably haven't heard of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we give you some commentary on things you don't know about anyway so uh do you want to jump into it first do you want me to jump into it first you may have just heard my cat jumping around mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was just like, what happened? <laughs> Do you want me to go first? I don't remember who... I don't know how they, the uh, the episodes are coming out, so... You went first last time. Okay, you go first this time. So I'll go first this time. Alright, so the case I bring to you is one that is just recently happening and unfolding. Because four dudes are charged with burning a body in a ditch in rural Iowa. What? Is I was... Like- Yes, I was hoping she wasn't going to go crazy. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to attack the blinds because I know she loves the blinds. Yeah, she's just, yeah, she's just peering out the window <laughs> at the cars. But uh, I digress. So now four white suspects were charged last Tuesday, September 24th, after a black man's body was found burning in a ditch out in the middle of Iowa. The men who were ele- the men like allegedly strangled the black dude to death and then left his body in their family's basement for like several days before taking it out and burning it and they haven't been charged with a hate crime yet and i'll say my piece on that 
at the end. Wow. So now the family of Michael Williams, who was 44, at last heard of him around like September that afternoon or like five. Well, not that afternoon, like uh, the 12th, like a, like a week ahead of time. They heard him around like around five afternoon. Then he kind of like went dark and no one heard from him since. The next day, 31-year-old Stephen Bogey. I was thinking, when I first heard the name, I was thinking of pierogies, and I got hungry for pierogies, and I ate a bunch of pierogies. Bro, I'm so hungry right now. I love a good pierogi. Uh, so, Steven allegedly went to his friend's house, Cody, and said that he, quote-unquote, clubbed a man and was keeping him in his basement. Oh. Did yeah. they not take him serious when he said it? Well, Cody told investigators that that's what happened. They came over to his house and said, hey, I just clubbed the dude to death. He's in my basement. So Cody was like, well, show me. And went to his house that this dude, Steven, shared with his 65-year-old mother because he's a loser in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and they went down to his basement and saw the body wrapped up in some in an unknown material, oh. is what Cody said. Steven and Cody then allegedly tried to move the body, but weren't able to. For some reason, I don't know if it was just too heavy or if it was sticky. Was the body was sticky, uh, sticking to the ground, all the juices and stuff? Yeah. So a few days later, on September fifteenth, uh, Vogel allegedly went to Johnson's house again. So Stephen went to Cody's house again, saying that he wanted to obtain drugs in exchange for Cody's help with getting the body out of the basement. So offering him, I'm assuming they didn't get specific, probably meth. I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty sure you get, I'm pretty sure you get bored there. So do, like, let's do some. Let's do what's do under the that. kitchen sink. Yeah, I'll give you some purple stuff and some Sunny D if you help me move the body. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, the two of them dudes and then two other dudes all drove out to a ditch in a rural area with their pickup trucks. They got some objects at the back of a truck with the body in there. They threw them in a the ditch, kind of hacked them up like to the best of their abilities like they were really trying to like dismember this dude but they weren't good at it i guess because he was still like intact so they gave up on the whole dismemberment part and just lit him on fire and drove away what yeah so later that afternoon a resident nancy anderson said that she was sitting down for dinner when she got a call from her daughter about a fire that she spotted in the ditch on like down the road from their place right so you know she called the police as she went to go on go ahead they didn't do it in a spot that was like not obvious. No, it was a very obvious. It was like on the side of a road. <laughs> I, I Google Maps the spot too, and it's like a very obvious spot on the side of a road. And it did this like in the early morning. Not even like I don't want to say early morning because the people called the police who went out there in the afternoon. It was like mid morning, so probably like around like ten or eleven a.m. They they weren't being inconspicuous at all. Wow. Like, in any way whatsoever. That's what and it, the, does. Yeah, is that that purple stuff under the sink, man? Purple stuff under the sink, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Anderson, she went out to investigate after she ate, and she said she first thought that it was a dead animal, but then she said, and I quote, "And then I saw hands," and that's when she notified the authorities, who recovered the charred body wrapped up in cloth and plastic, and it was also tied together with rope and tape. So it was kind of just like ham-fisted together. So now, following the discovery of the body, authorities spoke with witnesses who claimed that Cody and Stevens said that he strangled Williams to death and claimed that, you know, he really didn't try to resuscitate him or help him whatsoever. They really didn't say what the fight was over. 
because he hasn't said why he did it yet. He just, he just did said it. he just said that he strangled them and threw them in the base. He strangled them, clubbed them, and then threw them in the basement. Now, go ahead. He didn't admit to like the fire or say anything. Well, about- that was. No, they're yeah, they're all admitting to all. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. I was just making sure. That's like, wait, <laughs> that, dang, like, that, <laughs> yeah, he didn't admit to the murder, but the die, the die, the, the, the body burning. <laughs> He's admitting to everything, uh, but authorities are saying that they're real hesitant with like saying why it happened. They're just not giving up that information, and people are asking like, you know, if you know anything. Because these people all run in the same circles. They were like passing this information around. Like outside of the four people there, more people were aware that a dead man was in this person's basement and then no one was just saying anything. So now friends of the deceased man, Michael Williams, started a GoFundMe campaign to help provide for the family. And they raised, as of last Thursday, $60,000. Nice. Good shit. Yeah. And that, all that's going to be for like the funeral calls, the investigation, and also his five children who are obviously deeply like traumatized from their father's death. Yeah. Burning. That was a very like gruesome way to die. And uh, right now attorneys and everything are saying that they can't charge them because the family wants wants them to all get charged with a hate crime. Right. And they're saying that they can't get charged with a hate crime because there's no evidence that there's no, they don't know why it happened. So until they can figure out why this attack and murder took place, they can't say that it was a hate crime off the bat. Black people don't go to Iowa. That's what I'm getting out of it. <laughs> Stay out of Iowa. Now, because I, 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 I was looking it up, looking it up, looking it up, trying to find some sort of information to it. It doesn't seem like Michael Williams had any connection to like drugs or having like a bad pass. So. Mm-hmm. I'm still wondering how they even came in contact with each other. They didn't seem like they were like friends or ran in the same circles. So I don't know if it was just like a random thing or they got into an argument somewhere and he decided to kill him. And then his whole friends and family just kept it on the hush hush. Because again, he was living with his mom. So even his mom knew that he had a dead man in the basement and was just like, that's cash money. Like, <laughs> just didn't right? give a shit. That is so weird. I don't know. So, yeah. so as more, I'm going to keep following it because I'm really curious to see, like, what the fuck happened? And if they're going to be charged with a hate crime. Good. I hope you do keep following it. I love the, I love updates. Yeah. We, we, eventually, we'll do, like, an update episode on some different cases because, like, we've been following some that are... Oh, yeah. The one you so just sent me? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So we got an update episode coming down with Hypeline. But uh, yeah, that's my case about Michael Williams and the four pieces of shit who murdered him and hit his body. I hope that they figure something out on why they did it, because I feel like you just don't kill someone. Randomly strangle and club someone and, and burn their body. Then, or No, not burn their body. First, dismember. Try to dismember. Try to dismember it. And then burn. Like we said before, dismembering is not easy. Like, no, don't <laughs> it is try not. It. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to knock them for like trying it and giving up halfway through. Yeah, because you get tired. Yeah. You get real tired. <laughs> Should have brought <laughs> a power with tool with you or something. Honestly, <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck. Um, that sucks. You just said I'm again. I know. That's why I went. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you go on. 
Take it away, my friend. Hi, everyone. Sorry for the ums, but I'm going to work on it. <laughs> this is Battle. And I'm super excited about this case because it's one that you told me about, Andre. And I'm super thankful that yeah, you I, told I, me to I, it What's the word? Hmm. Bespeeched? No. Another word for giving. You're just like, check this out. I was trying to think of a more intellectual word, but I'm not an intellectual. Ah, continue. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I really love this story because it was like the whole vegan enchilada, if you will. It included gambling, corruption, rape, and murder. You could edit that if you want. I don't care. Awesome. I was trying to make it fun. <laughs> I appreciate it. So today I'm taking it way back, like before we had the whole Black Lives Matter movement or before we could even imagine imagine a black president. I'm going. Yeah, this is this was back when you can, you can walk you can walk the street, get your ass beat. And that was just part of your day. Let's just say there are still public lynchings. I'm going back to like the 50s. Yeah. Where Ruby McCullough, Ruby McCullum was the wealthiest black woman in Live Oak Floater at the time. Yes, the fuck she was. This is where, this is a story of where she shoots and kills a doctor. A doctor, Clifford Leroy Adams. Well, and shot and killed for a very good reason. A very good reason, which you'll probably, I'm, you're going to have to determine what you think, but I know what I think about this, because oh, no, he it was that. wild. She, whoo. Bitch, let me tell you. <laughs> right? This is a crazy story. And thank you again. I'm telling you, thank you for this. Because this started in like in 1952, where the newspapers still read at the time, Dr. Adams slain by a negress. Sla slain by a negress. I should have said it in a southern draw. <laughs> Dr. Adams slain by a negress. <laughs> it's just the term negress. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who says that? Why would they even say that? How could you take that serious in the newspaper? I could. <laughs> like, should I be flattered? First of all. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, Negro sounds fancy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, to fully understand this wild ride that I'm going to we're going to embark on together, I think we need to really understand what type of government system was alive then, because this was the era of the Jim Crow laws, and when the KKK was running amok in the United States. And not, not the Jim Crow from uh, Dumbo. No, not the Jim Crow. No. I've never seen an elephant fly, and I've never seen a negress vote. <laughs> Let alone slain a doctor. <laughs> I fucking hated those birds so much as a kid. So... The KKK during this time was lynching black people in the streets more freely. I mean, it was happening. I think today they're a little bit more subtle about it. I think I don't know. What do you think, Andre? You think that it's more uh, subtle listen, about like I, I have a right now? I have a whole fucking thing I wrote about lynchings that have been happening in the twenty first century. It's gonna be episode <laughs> later. Don't, I, I don't want to get started now. Okay, okay, okay. It's still happening. It's still happening. <laughs> I knew you had something to say. That's why I made sure I asked. <laughs> so the KKK, specifically the Florida KKK at the time, was the most powerful branch during this time with all the U.S. They were pretty much in charge of everything. So if you thought Jim Crow was bad, imagine Jim Crow, but with the KKK leading it, meaning that 
there were judges, lawyers, doctors, Everyone and councilmen. Yeah. Emphasis on the men, by the way. It was all white men that were in power, pretty much dominating everything. They could do whatever they want. So, moving forward to talk about Ruby McCollum. Ruby was born August 31st, 1909 in Zuber, Florida. And a crazy fact about when Ruby was born was that she was born 44 years after slavery had ended. So it was crazy that... How, wait, how long did it take for the rest of America to realize that slavery ended? Because I know there was like a significant time period right after slavery ended where people just weren't telling their slaves that slavery had ended. Well, after slavery... I think it was, like, it was like 20 or something years, right? Yeah, it was a while. Well, I mean, think about 1909 when she was born. Prior to that, it was what... It was only 1865, so that was very recent. So yeah, it so took a minute, it, but then yeah, it, it took a minute. Didn't take. It took a minute. It took a minute. It Be- took a minute for the whole United States to get on the same page that slavery was indeed over. <laughs> but then, even though there was sla- slavery was over, they still had indentured servitude. Yes. So that's just slavery. Former slavery. Yeah. With extra steps. Yes. Um, damn it. But that's super wild, because imagine being born in a time where black people were just freed from slavery, but then, in a sense, put back into a type of systemic slavery with things like Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. It's just wild to think that she was born during that time. And it's important to understand with Ruby, she was described as being someone that was extremely beautiful and extremely well-educated relative to other black people during this time. And... She was considered like affluent. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of kids her age thought she was just stuck up because she was just smart and she just. Oh, she was uppity. Yeah, they did. Yeah. People are going to hate, though, you know, that's just how it is. It, it is important to realize, though, that her family did come from like a very hard working like business class. They had business and life insurance and old diff- and own different types of entertainment to include like jukeboxes at different discos or like clubs that they they had back then. So her family was well off, but her family also loved to give back to the community. They did a lot for the community to make sure to put back into it. It's like the grassroots thing. Never forget like where you came from. Unfortunately, whenever, when she eventually got married, her husband, Sam McCollum was a kingpin, essentially like the head of gambling. So when her and her husband relocated to where they lived, they had some pool because of the money that they had. So they had pool in the gambling world. They had pool with like the law enforcement and everything like that. Now where Dr. Adams comes into play because Dr. Adams is very important to the story, obviously because he was killed. But Dr. Adams, he was a very very prominent figure in the community in his community big old piece of shit yes he was a big piece of shit even though he was trying to do good for people he would also do like really bad people like it's like look i'm volunteering my time with the peace corps to take care of a black baby yeah i see it all this awful shit i'm gonna do to that black woman (laughs) yeah exactly so dr adams was a piece of shit but he was portrayed to be like pretty much a saint in the community 
But part of the bad things that he was doing, he was part of the organized gambling in the area. He worked with Ruby's family, specifically her husband, in the whole gambling thing. So like I said before, her family had the influence of local law enforcement. And it's important to know this because it helps illuminate on how much Dr. Adams and the local law enforcement played a role in Ruby's life and eventually her motives to murder him, like pretty much his own murder. So going back to Ruby, Ruby ended up dealing with so much anguish in her life. And I think becoming involved with Dr. Adams was the first was something that was shitty in her life because she started first as a patient, then it went to business and finally like romantically, but not romantic. It was really rude situation, but it drove her to do something to make her feel safe which was murder. She wanted to feel free of this dude. And it's just just to say that he was a predator. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. So let's go a little bit further back before the actual murder, because this is where their relationship started was back in 1945. And it was pretty much just a decade under a decade for of them knowing each other. It started just as a doctor patient relationship, but it eventually progressed to something more. And although in the community of the in the community's eyes, Dr. Adams was a saint. But the thing is, Dr. Adams had demons of his own as that as in he was having extramarital affairs with Ruby, but not only with Ruby, but with other people. It's just crazy because during this time in the Jim Crow South, white men were allowed to have their way with any woman, especially black women with no recourse whatsoever so they wouldn't get in trouble for it they could just do whatever the fuck they want and no one was going to bat an eye and let a woman speak out of place during this time it wasn't going to end well oh no you get like punched in the throat yeah pretty much or worse so feeling abused devalued and having no choice in what happens to her own body as a woman as a black woman ruby was enraged in how she was being treated and in August 3rd of 1952, this was the defining moment that changed Ruby's life. So she was fed up with the abuse and how she was treated. So guess what Ruby does? She does the unthinkable. Well, well, maybe not the unthinkable because she was forced to consent to sex, which is rape. She was raped. Yeah, but she was that's, forced. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> she was like, well, she was almost like brainwashed to believing like that this was something real yeah like so that's why i mean it's like she was forced to consent to it but with having sex with him and having this relationship not only did she have a baby with dr adams because of the weird sex thing that happened it was weird that again she was forced to like have this relationship she was raped and I want to repeat to everyone that it was okay for white men to do this to black women all yeah. the time. This wasn't out of the norm then. But this wasn't like the only case of this happening. Correct. This is not the only case. So on that day in 1952, she drove her vehicle with her two kids in the backseat to Dr. Dr. Adams' practice. Once she got into his pra practice, once she got into his office... 
She went inside through the colored only entrance because that was a thing still. Oh, yeah. She walks through the lobby where two. I'm assuming it was like a shitty door that it got stuck. Like it, one of those doors that's <laughs> like too big. So whenever you try to open it, it gets stuck on the ground <laughs> underneath of it. Or it's just like a screen door with like a little hook on it. <laughs> <laughs> Colored only. What are you doing in here? You're not supposed to be here. You take the bad door. <laughs> So she walks through the lobby where two people are waiting to be seen. She per- proceeds to walk into the back rooms, I think. And that's where she finds Dr. Adams. And this part was where it was kind of confusing. She might have been in the lobby, but she might have been in the back offices. But needless to say, with her Smith & Wesson 38 special in her purse, she, well, that, she kept that, that little arm. thing, she pulls it out. And what happens next is that she grabs that gun Points at Dr. Adams, pull this, pulls the trigger, shoot, shooting him in the back, which shooting him in the back or in the front, it doesn't fucking matter to me what this woman had to go through. So after she shoots him, she immediately puts the ro- revolver away. She turns around, walks out the door. But before walking out the door, she locks the practice to make it harder for law enforcement to get in and heads home. And almost instantly, the local police arrive on the scene where they eventually have to get the door unlocked because she locked it. And when they enter through the colored only entrance, the entrance, they see the body of Dr. Adams. You know, you know, they probably felt so gross about going through that exit. Like, oh, you got to go through the colored entrance. Yeah, like, oh, man. Oh, God. I'm so dirty. But and in Dr. Adams hands, he has clenched is is money he had money clenched in in his hands which is important so when ruby finally made it home she fed her kids and just she sat next to the door waiting for the police to come because everyone knew that she did it so finally the police arrived she it just took him up to this upstairs and they questioned her like on why did you do this but she really had no idea why she did it that's what she said although you and i probably know why she did it Trauma's a bit. Yes. And so she ends up paying them off. Like, she gives them money and they leave. So let's just say a bunch of KKK members and white people were not happy. And they took to the streets. And they demand that they lynch that negress. That's probably what happened. But they wanted her dead. That's probably exactly what happened. (laughs) They wanted her dead. They marched and they wanted her, like, dead. Unfortunately for them... She was taken to the Radford State Prison. They had to sneak her out of it, out of out of town because everyone was looking for her. So they snuck her out and they took her to Radford uh, State Prison. And the crazy thing is, days later, her husband end up ends up dying. But some speculated that he may have been murdered or committed suicide because of what was going on. But before he died, it was also rumored that he had left a suitcase of money to go with his kids, but they weren't able to, like, find the money or they... There are so many different rumors. I wish Reddit was a thing back then because I want to know what people think or what people thought then. Assuming that it was Reddit was probably like a bulletin board back then. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, oh... (laughs) Guess what I just found? Guess what I- <laughs> Some nosy ass people knowing exactly what happened. So let's go back to the crime scene. It was crazy because when they searched Dr. Adams' office, they find like forged documents that hinted on him going to murder some person and taking everything from him. 
everything from that person that he was going to murder. It so, was a murder jamboree. Yeah, it was crazy. There was so much shit going on. But, of course, he died so they couldn't try him. But they did try Ruby. They pretty much said, this is where the money comes into play. They said that Ruby was murdered be Ruby murdered because she had an unpaid bill and she didn't want to pay it. Keep in mind, she was extremely rich. She had money. She had one of the nicest houses in the area. She got brand new cars all the time. She had the whole gambit of everything. So she had money. She didn't have a problem paying a bill. People that were witnesses for her in her defense were objected and silenced. They would not let them talk. The white- oh, Yeah, because they didn't want you to feel any type of sympathy towards her. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, yeah. The white community, they were not trying to have any, were trying to hear anything other than she murdered because of an unpaid bill. They were super upset that she- You couldn't hear about the past. You couldn't hear about the situation at, at all, other than the fact that she walked in there and shot him. Yeah. And it's crazy because not only that, people were so mad that she had a relationship with Dr. Adams when Dr. Adam was the reason why. Yeah. Who? Listen. (laughs) My blood pressure. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. So, of course, she was able to testify. But guess what happened? She gets silenced, too, because they were not having it. They were not ready to hear the truth. And during the trial, she was objected nearly 50 times. 50 times during her trial. And the reason why she was objected, obviously they didn't want her to talk. They didn't want to hear anything. But during this time, I think it's pretty similar to now too, but women were not supposed to talk about sexual assault. It was a bad thing for women to talk about. It was real hush-hush. And if you did, it was was your your fault fault. having a vagina. (laughs) That's basically what it was. I just feel like we're still facing that same issue today. But whatever, get mad at me. We are. People shouldn't have to, especially women, shouldn't have to silence themselves about sexual assault. So Rather justify why they... Yeah. I I keep thinking about the Megan situation where... Oh my gosh. (laughs) The motherfuckers kept saying that Oh, hey, what happened? Who shot you? She said, Tory Lane shot me. Right. <laughs> and then now they're like, well, what you do to deserve to get shot? Yeah. What the fuck do you mean? What you do to... Listen. Oh, dude, I feel <laughs> you on that. blood pressure. <laughs> I feel you on that. So many people in the community and and during the trial never conceded to the fact that Ruby and Dr. Adams were involved with each other even though they had proof of the child, of their child together. There was a, it was only one child. One child. So what happened was the auntie, Ruby's sister, took their child to the court and pretty much stood up, put the baby up, and was like, yo, this is their baby. The judge made everyone not look over at the child because they saw it as an act of defiance. I could not imagine how that sounded, how it sounded. They did not. I'm just imagining a courtroom where one was like, here's the baby. It does like, don't turn Get around. Get that nigga baby out of here. Get it out of here. We don't want Get it. That, don't you dare. Get that yellow bastard out of here. <laughs> we do not want mulatto scum in our neighborhoods, our towns. We do not want it. But yes, that's probably how it happened. They didn't want to see an interracial baby, but I'm just telling you, Interracial babies, we are out here and we finds. 
We is fines. <laughs> so finally, December 20th, 1952, she was eventually convicted and found guilty of first degree murder. And it's important to understand that the entire jury, they were white and they were uneducated and she was sentenced to death by an electric chair. However, her case eventually got appealed because, and she got a second trial because there was an error in the judge for the first time. Apparently back then, the jury would go to the crime scene and look at stuff and do inspections. However, the judge was not present at the crime scene. Imagine they still did that. Yo. There would be so much shit on like TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but this is crazy. You got murdered here. (laughs) That would be wild, dude, if they still did that. Take my picture. Take my picture. (laughs) So yeah, they didn't. the judge wasn't at the crime scene, so they did another trial unfortunately for ruby at this time her mental state went to shit she just lost it and she lost so much and it was to the point where she was laying in her cell covered up she wasn't eating she lost so much weight because she thought that there was something in the room that was poisoning her she thought it was the mattress she thought it was the springs on the bed everything she thought she was being poisoned and she just started going crazy it's me in quarantine. So, I hope not, dude. We can talk later. I'm just sneezing so much. Oh, no. Something's, something's in the air. Oh, no. Because it's dust. I hope it's just dust. Stop petting Lexi and not washing your hands afterwards. And touching your face. So, she was deemed unfit to stand trial. And she was put into a Florida State Hospital in a mental ward. In 1974, she was eventually released and was able to live at home, which was funded by a William Bradford Huey, who was an author that wrote a book about her and eventually turned it into a movie, which was pretty cool. Yeah, there's like a little documentary about her or a little movie that someone else portrayed her. Another interesting note about that is that some people thought that she was an addict and that's why she killed him. They thought she was an addict and she just needed more meds. Some people said that she murdered him because she felt special that a prestigious white man had taken interest to her, but she couldn't bear to be without him and only him. Right? No one is worth that much. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. You, you, I don't know. You don't murder because of that. Maybe you do. I don't know. But it's really up to everyone listening to come up to the conclusion about who Dr. Adams was and if he deserved to get deserved to get what he got, because there was so much evidence that he was a shitbag. It was there was also evidence that they found that he had children all over the place. About, yeah, I was about to say like it it was she was not the only victim of his. He had a plantation that he said he he needed to treat the people at the plantation, but it turns out like a lot of these children there and a lot of these people there were his kin. Yep. That he was raping. Yeah, he put a old George Washington. He did a lot of wrong to a lot of people. And that was a lot of the stuff, pretty much all the children and stuff was found out after the fact. And he should have gone to prison for what he did, but he didn't. Frank Cannon, her defense attorney at the time, was key in helping her dodge the electric chair. And he wasn't talked about a lot. His def- Her defense attorney was good, but it just took a while for her to get released and after her release she ended up living a life and may 23rd of 1992 she ended up dying of a stroke but wait what year did she die 92 
She was old. How, how, I'm gonna say, how old was she? I don't know. Pretty old. Pretty. And that's crazy when you think about it too. Like that, that happened to that person and they died in 1992. Like, it's like, it's not that long ago that we had a bunch of like white supremacists in our government. And some of them are still here. Yo, 67, <laughs> in the 60s, we were still trying to fight for rights to vote freely without having to go through a literacy test. So that was 20 years before I was born. So yeah. it's crazy. My parents had to go through that. My dad, and my, my black dad and my Filipino mom had to see all that shit. Ah, but that's, my blood pressure. I'm sorry. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> that was my case. Yeah, and I mean, I, you d- did it better than I could have. Cause I, that's why I, that's why, that's why I gave that one to you. I was like, you know what? You just take this. Cause I was like, I started researching it. And I was like, I'm just getting angry. <laughs> I was mad a lot. I there was a lot of times I was just like, what the fuck? And Melinda would walk in. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, yeah, this. this can't be real right yeah it's oh it is like a oh my god (laughs) so yeah yeah hey welcome to the end of the show we didn't talk about kids dying today yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm glad i guess like i'm about because we've been really heavy on these kids death recently and i'm sorry i just i come across these cases i gotta get them out my head this is the best way i can get them out my head yes uh, but thank you for sticking around. Enjoy the music coming up. Make sure you know you click on those links in the show notes if you want to donate to us or check out our exclusive content, which is like as of right now the audio forms of our live streams. But we're working on some other content to put out there exclusively. Make sure you uh, check out the live streams on Thursdays where we talk about weird crimes and movies. And soon we're going to be doing a cult RPG style game. Ooh, yes, I'm excited Spooky about one, that. so that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, if you see a racist person in a dick. Or Javina. I don't care. Or, or yeah, or, or the Vagiga. Vagiga. Whatever they got. Yeah, whatever, whatever they got going and on. And their bobs. There. Yeah, their bobs. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure, yeah, no, you kick them in the groin, grab their bobs, pull them down <laughs> in, a tw- in a thrusting motion. <laughs> Get down here. <laughs> and then you run away. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, bye. See ya.